Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, the Association of Common Sense Masculinity is proud to present the exciting, the thought-provoking Can-Am Soup, an entertaining, genuine, and often meandering conversation between two friends. And now, the stars of our show, Jeremy Gertz and Todd Fuss. Hey, Todd. How's it going, buddy? Good. How are you doing, Jeremy? Oh, doing good. Kind of tired, but good. I know. I have not been sleeping very well this week. Oh, no. That's not good. No, it's all right. Um, just, you know, it is what it is. You know, yeah, I've yeah, been yeah. Uh, going back to school, as it were, learning some things, and um, I have found, the, for the first time in my life, I am having semi-lucid dreams of actually mm. reciting this junk in my head. It is really. I don't mean junk, <laughs> you know, info. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I wake up like, um, like God, what am I doing? And uh, that's funny. It it is, and uh, I was talking to my teacher about it, and he's like, "Yeah, never heard that before." <laughs> You're gonna give stuff away, <laughs> huh? That's crazy. Well, I think it's one of the things that I have really, really means a lot, and I'm taking it incredibly seriously, and um, maybe a bit too much at times. I don't know. Hmm. As far as the study goes, yeah, yeah. But anyway. Yeah, so I'm not sleeping very well. But um, from November to today, today marks the day I've gone from 211 to 190. So I'm oh, wow. Good job. Yeah. Now I got 40 more to go and I'll be cool. Wow. So how, how, it must feel pretty awesome, hey? Not really. It's coming off so no. slow. Um, you get used to it before you know what it feels like kind of, but that's Mm. good. That's good. I mean, it's not going to just bounce right back on. Yeah. And I'm not, the uh, the only thing I've given up is about 97% of sugar. Yeah. um, Unrefined or refined sugar. So, you know, candy, cookies, sweets, actual white sugar, uh, things like that. Yeah. And then huh. uh, most, uh, what do they call them? Complex carbohydrate, like bread. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, some potato, some bread. You know, I will never give up pizza um, and the crust <laughs> it sits on. So, yeah. Uh, but I plan that in. You know, I can yeah. give myself uh, 45 to 60 grams of carbs per day. Total carb, you know, total complex carbs. So if you get a carb, you know, if you're going to eat something and there's, let's say, 45 grams of carbohydrates, but there's five grams of uh, fiber, you only have four, 40 total carbs. So. Mm-hmm. Anyway, mm-hmm. you know, I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, you know, but, you know, I'm eating more uh, salad than I have in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it, 
in my adulthood, and then here's why. I grew up where most of the produce that we ate was incredibly good. Mm-hmm. Either it was locally grown by a family member or the, the grocery store we had in town way back then sourced fresh, you know, good produce. Anyway, and then you, you move away and you're like, ugh, that's a salad, you know. And you can tell the difference between, hey, I just got it out of the garden, uh, washed it off and ate it, and then this thing that's been carted from Costa Rica to here. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, tell, you taste the difference. And uh, oh, yeah. so it just turned me off for a lot of years. And uh, hmm. one of the reasons I'm trying to lose this weight, it, it's all health-related, you know, whether it's uh, being happy with mental health and or just being able to get back to doing stuff because my back's not um, groaning under all the excess weight. Uh, mm. But one of the things that we want to do is do a raised garden. So, okay. Yep. And then I can grow my own lettuce and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. No, that'd be, that's fun. Steph yeah. started a whole bunch of uh, peppers this week and onions, like start them from seeds. And uh, they've all popped up. They're doing pretty good. I think we're going to, yeah, we're going to, we put in the garden late last year here because obviously we moved later on. But um, yeah, I think the soil here is so much better than at our old place. And I think we're going to be able to have a pretty good harvest this year. I mean, as long as everything goes okay. But man, the stuff you throw in the ground here, it's just unbelievable how, how good the soil is. And then we bought uh, like a growing house. So it's, it's got like a, it's black. It's got like a mylar coating on the inside and it's, it kind of pops up and it's big enough just to walk into. And I think it's like four feet by six foot or something. And it's meant for like grow lights in there. And you can just, most people keep it inside somewhere warm. And um, Steph was looking for some like used like on local online classifieds. And she was like, I can't believe how many are for sale. And it's like, so many people are into gardening. And I was like, I, I think it's probably just the weed. <laughs> you know? Because you're allowed to have X number of plants for yourself here. And she goes, oh, I never thought about that. And so anyways, we found this one guy had a one, a good quality one at a good price. And we go to get it. And like he, he lived in this like a townhouse thing. And the, the it was a steep kind of front yard and the stairs. And the stairs weren't shoveled at all. And freeze-thaw cycles, it was like an ice slide. And I was like, wow, this is, man. I was like, first of all, this guy's lazy. All his neighbors have, have shoveled their steps, and he hasn't. And then I, I opened the gate, and he's sitting out there, like, looking in, at under the hood of his car in the backyard, smoking. He's like, just wait one minute. Stay right there. Stay right there. And there was so much dog crap all over. Like, you go to the side of the house, into the backyard, and then to get into the house, you have to go down the side. And I'm like, oh my word, like literally huge dog craps everywhere. And I don't like other people's dogs usually. Like I, I don't trust strange dogs. Like I just don't. I've been bit by them. I've been chased by them. Um, most dogs I've got no problem with. But anyways, and so I think he went in to put his dog inside. And then he goes, okay, come here, come here, come here. And he takes off his shoes and he goes, leave your shoes on, leave your shoes on, which is good because I was not taking my shoes off in this house. 
And I'm not even joking. I bet I saw 20 dog craps on the floor in their house. All over the place. Like in the kitchen, just dog crap just sitting there. And it had been like dried and it smelled like a zoo. And then there was like, I think three or four cats that I saw like on the counter in the kitchen. And then he's smoking a cigarette and then just empty like wine bottles and beer bottles and ash, like ashtrays every, it was the most disgusting place I've ever been in, in my life. Oh, so gross. And it was a, and there's a real, real, he looked like a real slimy, like car flipper guy or something like that. Like like slicked back black hair just cold it's totally combed right back and then uh like the ad was 80 bucks and uh and so he gives us stuff i'm like oh, okay cool and i'm like i'm like trying not to gag in this place and then i give him 80 bucks he goes what 80 bucks i was like yeah that's what the ad said he's like are you sure it's like look it up and i was like mm. and he's like dude the ad says 80 dollars I was like, get out your phone and check it or not. But I'm taking this for 80 bucks. He goes, okay, okay, okay. And I was kind of ticked off because I was, I was in a really gross situation. I was, I was like, I want out of here and I want out of here now. And ugh, we haven't set it up yet. I don't know. <laughs> I'm nervous to open that up and see what kind of crap I'm going to find. But I've never, I couldn't even imagine a human being living there. And then there's this girl there and, and like Steph came in because I wanted her to look at it to make sure she was what she wanted. And um, so there's this girl there and he goes, oh, hi, how are you doing? I'm what's uh, his name's friend. And he's like, hi. And she's like, are you here for the party or something like this? She goes, no, I'm just buying this. Oh, I thought you were his friend. And I was like, yeah, no, we just became friends a couple of days ago. And I'm like, oh, man, oh, it's just it is. It was actually kind of sad. Like, and then I thought, man, if my daughter ever became friends with somebody like this, like, oh, it was unreal. I almost felt like, because all the kids were stayed in the vehicle, I felt like grabbing them and being like, kids, come here one second. <laughs> you got to see how some people live. It was so disgusting, man. Like, absolutely phenomenally disgusting. Ugh. But anyways, all that to say that uh, we've got this indoor grow house thing, and then we just need to get some lights for it. And that way we can have things so that once the ground is thawed here, we'll have like, you know, pretty nice, decent sized plants to put in. And then, because if you go to a, like a greenhouse and you buy all those, they're expensive. You know, like a little pepper plant that's like, I don't know, 10 inches tall, ready to go in the ground. They're not cheap, you know. No. And then Steph had so many seeds. She's like, I, like, I could sell some of these. I was like, yeah, amazing. if you get extras. One thing is like some of them aren't going to make it. Make sure you have everything you want. And then, like, you put that stuff up on Facebook Marketplace. It's like, got pepper plants, five bucks a piece. Man, they go like that, you know? That's how you, we usually buy our plants in the spring. So, it'd be nice not to do that this year. Yeah, but, um, there's a person here that uh, buys seeds this year. And over the winter, mm -hmm. they grow, um, like, seedlings. Mm-hmm. Because it's so hard for some people to get them from seed to plant. Well, it, yep. as long as it's out of the ground, they can at least maintain it and let it live. <laughs> but yeah, know, yeah, yeah. the other part of it. Yeah. So, you know, she might buy $100 worth of seed, whatever. And then each plant, that I think, um, ripping them off like uh, 15 20 bucks. Oh, wow. Corn was cheaper, but I'm like, that's stupid. 
I've never yeah. seen corn grown like that, but huh, that's crazy. Yeah, I mean, people are some people are just so ignorant of life skills these days. I, you know, a couple of years ago, it was astounding to me the the things that you could get people to buy because they were either too lazy or too stupid to know how to do it. And now I'm just like, oh, why couldn't I have got in on this crap? Yeah, that's right, eh? That's funny. Hey, you no, can't hear the fridge running. The next stupid thing. Yeah. You can't hear the fridge running behind me, can you? No. Okay, good. I put a, like, I put a desk down here, and I kind of have it situated differently. And the last time I recorded down here, the fridge was off to the side, but now it's actually like directly behind the microphone across the room. And I didn't know if when it kicked on, if the refrigerator kicked on, you could hear it or not, but hopefully not. But yeah, no, so I keep my roadcaster down here now and then just carry my computer back and forth to the shop. That's kind of being a pain. I've been trying to get up a lot more, do some more videos lately and if I'm ever having to edit like first thing in the morning, I'd rather just, you know, sit in the kitchen with a coffee and that way I can have multiple coffees rather than going out to the shop to edit. So I've been bringing my computer in every day, but it's kind of a pain. I might, I might start leaving it up here at the house. We'll see. But it's nice during the day if I'm, you know, dumping footage just to boom, put it straight onto my hard drive. But we'll see. Got to get a system figured out some sort. Yeah, second computer. Yeah. Well, you know what? I could, I totally could do that because I've got my old laptop is at the shop and I keep it out like sitting on the shop, but I could put that in the office out of the shop and then just carry a hard drive back and forth because I've got one of these little tiny lacy hard drives. It's, was it a terabyte, I think? And it's, it's about the size of a wallet and um, that would actually work. And then the nice thing is my old MacBook has the SD card slot, which of course the one, the generation I bought is when they went away from it for a while and then they brought it back. Just so stupid, but we'll see. But I've noticed like, like this MacBook Pro that I use, my main one, it doesn't travel. Like it sits on a desk and I, I don't take it anywhere. And so like the cover is, is pristine when it's closed. And I've even just for a week of moving it back and forth, I'm like, oh, I think it's starting to get a little worn out. <laughs> Getting some marks on it. Guess they're meant to be used though. But oh well. Yeah. So yeah, no, I'm gonna, I don't know, I'm gonna, I'm trying to, we'll, we'll see. I'm trying to get like, as close to a video day as I can. It's funny is that even like with uh, do, doing like one or two videos a week, um, looking at my analytics, like thing, like my views are up two, two times across my channel for the last 28 days. I'm like, dang, that's pretty sweet, you know? And then uh, the money, the AdSense, this is the, so this, this last pay period, I guess it's for like January, the middle of January to the middle of February. Um, I've made more than I have in the last like two or three years, like, like than any month since then, including like, and right now ad revenue is at its lowest. 
right? The first quarter, people aren't advertising, people are recovering from all the Christmas spending. And I, I was looking like I made more money on YouTube this month, like in the beginning of the year than I did at Christmas time, just because I wasn't uploading then, you know? And so I don't know, it's, it's weird. It's, I'm gonna make a push for it, man. Push as hard as I can. Yeah, I told you it's all about vlogging. Yeah. Everybody was well, like, you know, oh, no, vlogging's dead. Is it? They were just telling you that so no. they could vlog. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what's it's funny? Because Seth and I have been talking about a lot. And um, so I did a video a little while ago, like, vlogging is dead. And I had so many comments. Yes, it is. Don't start vlogging. Blah, 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 blah. And then, the, and then they're like, don't do this. And so then th- my next video was, uh, well, like, shortly after that, I did... Uh, where I built the Swiss Army knife car. And I thought that was going to be a popular video. I was like, man, this is a maker one. There's no talking. It's just how to do this. And the thing absolutely flopped. And I'm like, okay, so I put this much work into this video. And it's got like 2,000 views. And I could just film something randomly in my shop for a day. And it gets 5,000 views the first day. And and technically, that's a vlog. But like, like Steph was saying, she said, when people think of vlogs, they think about people who like just literally film everything. Oh, okay, I'm putting on these shoes. I decided to wear these shoes today and this is what I'm having for breakfast. And that stuff is kind of boring, right? Like there's not many people whose lives are interesting enough to to pull that off. Um, I don't know anybody but if who can do a vlog like that where it's just yeah. all day. It, no, it's hit the highlights and then put a couple of funny B-roll clips in there and Mm-hmm. Or and, and so it's like if I, whatever. yeah, and like so I'm always doing something in the shop, and so it's kind of like, well, why don't you just turn the camera on and try to make a video about it? Um, and then I've also decided that, like, I don't care how short it is. Like, if I make a video one day that's a three minute video, I honestly don't care. And then if I make a video one day that ends up being twenty minutes, I don't care. You know, like it's, it's. Like, so I did uh, the video that came out yesterday. I edited it. What I do is I'll do the rough edit at night, and that takes about half an hour to an hour. And then the morning, I'll clean it up. And so in the morning, I woke up, and it was a 17-minute video. And I I go, and I get a cup of coffee, and I'm half awake. So this is good, right? Like, I'm not – it's coming at me as a brand-new experience, and I'm not, like when, – when you just film something and then edit it right away, you care so much about what you just filmed – but first thing in the morning, I'm like half half snoozy, and I'm like, turn it on, I'm like, well, that's stupid. Delete that, delete that, delete that. And I took like seven minutes out of the video. And even then, I probably could have cut it down more. But um, I think that's the big thing is it's like, and sometimes what I want to do is I want to get every single thing. Like, I'll film like four hours in a day. And I'm like, oh, yeah, and I also got this tool. Check this out. And I'm like, okay, wait a minute. Let's save some stuff for later, you know. But. I don't know. It's fun. I'm having fun with it. Actually, a lot of fun with it. But, uh, yeah. The old, the old YouTubes, eh? And it's, um, you know, it's weird. Like, you kind of get into a rhythm with it, and it's like, oh, yeah. I don't know. When when you do it, and it's like, oh, then you just kind of start thinking in that certain way you know what i mean yeah but i think you should do a an informative vlog about your 
Etsy business and go into grave detail about every one of your processes. <laughs> I'm thinking about getting into Etsy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for so, sure. Uh, somebody you know ripped you off, took your oh, yeah. intellectual property. And you know what? I've got, uh, you know that knife grinding design, that jig that I yeah. showed you? I don't think I'm going to release it. I don't think I'm going to share it with anybody on earth. You know, I was worried about that. Um, yeah. Getting stolen. Ripped off. By somebody that, I don't know, that's already in a position to market it. And like someone with CNC and marketing skills, they already got a business. Yeah. And they're successful because they steal people's ideas. You know. Yeah. You know what I you should know, like do? I should many, many, many knife makers on uh, Instagram. And I'm sorry, I I will foot stomp that till the day I die. I know it's not very Who's popular. But Who's that? People on Instagram. You know, I, mm. I don't want to say. But yeah, yeah. You know, because I don't follow these people. It shows up in my feed because I follow a lot of knife makers. Mm-hmm. Um, now there is one knife maker that I. That follows me, so I followed him back. Uh, he keeps messaging me uh, a couple times a month, you know, about buying something. I'm like, no, why? Hmm. Well, because I got a really good friend of mine that, you know, is a knife maker, and I collect some of his knives, and I think you stole this idea from him and changed your design just enough where you could say, well, it's not the same, but it's so similar that a reasonable person could infer you stole the idea. Hmm. And so, no. That's why I quit posting pictures of my knives. Yeah. <laughs> People are like, yeah, hey, I like that one. Well, you know, that, that's the hard thing, though, is that it's hard to come up with an original shape. Right. And I mean, like there's how many variations currently exist on a knife and you draw something, you try not to be influenced by anything and then you make it and it's like, oh, that looks just like this. And then you look it up it's like, oh, yeah, it actually does. It's it's so, so hard. But it, it's another thing, too, is if like, OK, this person follows you and you show a new design. And next thing you know, you know, in a short while later, they've got a design that's very, very similar that obviously is kind of like, well, come on, man. Like, really? Um, you know, like, my sheep's foot EDC looks a lot like, um, well, have you heard of the company Giant Mouse? No. So there's a company called Giant Mouse, and I had never heard of them until after I made that sheep's foot EDC. And I'm, I'm thinking that somehow I must have seen an image of this knife. Didn't think of it didn't remember it and I was just drawing this knife design I was like that is something that I don't think I've ever seen before and I made it and then people are like that looks just like a giant mouse it's like I don't know it's a VOX or something. I don't know what it, what his is called and it actually is like shockingly similar and I totally get how people are like you just ripped that design and I'm like I didn't like honestly I sat there and I drew it myself but it looks so close it's it's actually creepy how close it is. Well, um, here's what I'll say about that. I don't think you did anything untoward, but um, you designed that latch, di- lat- 
last ditch Necker as a utilitarian knife to be used. You didn't yeah. go for, well, I'm going to design a pretty knife and then hope I can use it or tweak it a little bit so it is usable or, you know, sell it and I don't care if people use it or not. You want it to be mm-hmm. something that you grab and go and then it can yeah. do a job. So you design mm-hmm. it for that job. They probably did too. And you came to a very similar conclusion because that's the best tool for the job you design it for. Just mm-hmm. like the uh, Bowie knife way back in the day, um, Bowie, Bowie, whatever, people, don't care. Um, <laughs> I don't get into all that crap. It's, um, it's Bowie. But, uh, <laughs> well, Jim Bowie would say, dip, well, anyway. Um, and Jim didn't design it either. It was I know, his brother. I know. <laughs> um, the, uh, but that knife design, right, you know, the first person that created it, we'll say in Arkansas, yeah, they de- designed to do a job, really difficult job. But somebody in Texas that has a similar lifestyle job to do, you know, somebody designed a knife for them, and it looks eerily similar. Why? Just saying, people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the the their job requirements kind of dictate some of the design yeah. features, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. You know, one thing I was thinking, though, with this this grinding jig thing that I have, uh, what I'm going to actually do is I'm going to take a video of it, put it up on YouTube, and leave it as private. And that way, because, like, it's interesting because there's some guys that are coming out with new things. Like, um, I was listening to the Work For It podcast, and they've got something brand new they're working on. And it's interesting because he was like, Brian House would always share everything he was doing. And he's like, this one we're keeping uh, hush hush. Because he's had like grinder companies literally like rip off every single aspect design of his 2x72. And and granted, I mean, like, there's not a lot of differentiation between belt grinders. You know, they're, they all kind of, I, I don't know. It's not, you can build that thing any which way you want. It's not like you're stealing a brand new idea, right? So if you just find a different way to produce it, so, or a, a way to do it, if somebody came up with one where there's less parts or you use old castings or whatever, like who cares, right? But um, they're talking about a new product and he's like, oh, you know what? I get ripped off so much. And he said, I've got too many eyes on what I'm doing. So I'm keeping this one hush hush until they're ready to actually have it for sale, which what I was going to do with this grinding thing. If I had a whole bunch of them, then be like, okay, look at this. I made this thing and I still might, I don't know. I'm going to see how much it would cost to get these things produced. Cause it wouldn't be a lot. And then ultimately, I mean, you know, like I still sell sanding blocks. Like I got a bunch of sanding block orders this week. Cause I did a video about them, you know? And, um, I, in that video, I literally showed exactly how I make them. <laughs> you know what I mean? But I don't know. It's hard to say. But at very least, I'm going to put a video on YouTube as private because that way it'll have an upload date on it. And then if somebody ever comes up with this thing and says, this is an original idea, nobody has ever done this before, I could be like, actually, I did it. You see this video? Look at the upload date. Yeah. I, I thought of it first, <laughs> you know, I, I didn't share it with anybody, but just so you know, you can't say this is only you or you couldn't prevent me from doing it because I've got proof that I actually made this before you did. I think I'll do that at the very least. Yeah. 
And it's so weird. Well, if you do, um, let me see it. The video. Well, you know, I mean, the, at least you're using the, you know, how this thing works. You've explained it, but. Yeah, yeah. There's really nothing to explain. I'm not like it steal is. It. I'm not a knife maker. Yeah, I know. Um, it's uh, there's so little to it. It's ridiculous. And then I've I've tried like setting up for different angles, and it's just. No, if I had uh, if I had a CNC shop, or or even if I could do CAD and and three D design, I could make a lot of improvements to this thing. But I I haven't gotten there yet. But we'll see. Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm looking at some equipment that's up for auction here mm -hmm. in about a month or so or so. Uh, individual put together, you know, their machine shop. It's a <clears throat> the closest thing I can describe it to is what uh, Fireball does. Part of his mm -hmm. job is okay. people with an idea come to him. And he makes their prototype. Uh, that's what this guy was doing. He was uh, prototype making for oh, okay. small businesses, inventors, things like that. Or a uh, millwright would come to him from one of the factories and say, I need this very complex part made. And, mm -hmm. you know, can you do it? And he's like, yes. Or... You know, you get a a manufacturing giant, enormous, you know, machine that was built uh, in the 20s, 30s, or 40s, and a piece breaks on it, you got to make a new one. Yeah. And to have them, it, it, right now, as I understand, I don't know if this to be true, but this is what somebody said, right now in the world, um, having something molded, modeled, and cast is about the same or more than having someone uh, laser scan it, clean it up in uh, CAD, and then CNC it. Hmm. And the thing is, once it's built in, in the machine, you know, in the, once the electrons are made, and you have a really good uh, model. Mm -hmm. You don't. Ha it's not like you have to, you know, ram sand again and recast all the time. You know, you have. You just hit a button. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Buy a big block of metal and. Uh, anyway, anyway, all of that to say, this um, guy who did that, he was. I don't know. He's probably about your age, and uh, uh, he has to his. His estate is selling off everything. Hmm. Um, yeah. Interesting. Is he just done with it, or? Uh, no, uh, his estate is selling it off, which would, would imply he's no longer with us. Oh, uh, okay. Sorry. Oh no, no, no. Um, I know a little bit about the guy's story. Um, yeah, yeah. Because I saw the auction, and I'm like, "Hey, that's next to this other guy, right?" And I know mm, this other guy. Yeah. From, I met him recently, and uh, so I talked to him last Monday night, and I was, he's like, oh, yeah, that's a sad story. His wife uh, took his kids, left him, 
uh, no apparent reason. They were happy. Oh, wow. They, you know, hmm. um, and there's a, there's still a <clears throat> bolo and a warrant for her arrest uh, for taking the oh, kids wow. across state lines. And, and there's some. Hmm. They're going above it. They're going way overboard uh, by putting a warrant out for her arrest. But they want to find her. Yeah. And the kids. That's the important thing. Is the kids aren't registered in school. Oh, wow. And they don't know what happened because she mm-hmm. showed no signs of um, mental health issues. You know, because they, you know, questioned everybody. Um, and you get asked weird questions. that You're like, why are you asking that? Well, the totality of those weird questions paint a picture of whether or not there might be uh, certain mental health issues. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so does the, um, do and the he kids just know that he's passed the away? Stress got to him. No, the stress got to him, and he died. He didn't. They thought at first he committed suicide. No, it killed him. Yeah, but the, the, yeah, do the kids know that he's gone? No, I, we don't know because they haven't found her. Wow. They haven't found the kids. That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. Now, the guy I was yeah. talking to um, goes to the same church as they used to go to. So he's, you know, rel- he's, you know, passingly familiar with the family. And he said that uh, if, because of her family, if, if she doesn't want to be found, it'll be a while before they're, they're found. Mm-hmm. You know, because mm-hmm. um, her That's people crazy. are, have, are deeply rooted in uh, uh, up and down the Appalachians, so mountain people, bunch of backwoods hicks. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah. Uh, <clears throat> but anyway, so in this auction, there are one, like four CNC machines. One of them is oh, a wow. CNC lathe. <clears throat> one of them is a Five axis, not really. It's the auctioneer said it's the highest level that this one company mm-hmm. makes. Um, hmm. And he's surprised he had it, you know, because they're hmm. you're very, very, very expensive. Um, That's crazy. And the other three, I think, are Mazak, um, but newer. Hmm. And he's got a. CNC plasma table, which is what I originally really wanted to look at. And uh, yeah, they'd be handy, hey. Uh, yes, and it's not <clears throat> one of those huge, you know, twelve by, you know, ten tables. It is uh, six by six, hmm. or six by eight. One of those two. Hmm. Um, yep. It's escaping me right now, but it is in fact a uh, uh, crap. What's the red brand of welder? Oh, Lincoln. Yeah, so it's actually a Lincoln table. Oh, okay. Uh, they, said, they said it's about. Uh, it's a 2022 model, so hmm. you know, new. Yeah, it's fresh. And a uh, bunch of welders, uh, fab tables. You know, and stuff. So hmm. <clears throat> I was looking at that, and I'm like, 
I'd like to get some of that. No kidding. Um, and there, he's got a manual lathe, a manual mill, and which I'm looking at. But uh, hmm. what I'm worried about is because of up here, they're going to go for stupid money. Oh, really? Yeah. There's hmm. a stupid auction that uh, just closed recently. The auction company is from near here, but the actual auction, the things they were auctioning was in Oklahoma. Oh, okay. And one of the things was a uh, 25 plus 5 uh, gooseneck equipment trailer. Mm. Right? Um, yep. Probably like the one in front of your shop. Mm-hmm. Same brand. And, mm-hmm. but, and it had all the bells and whistles, right? Mm-hmm. And brand new, never been used. Priced them out before. This thing is probably a... I don't know, twenty five grand with all the accessories it has on it, maybe mm-hmm. more. The stupid thing sold for retail. Oh wow! I think it was twenty four grand, and then mm. that's the price they bid. Now you got to include the buyer's fees and yeah. taxes, if applicable. Hmm. I mean, that's crazy. That's stupid. Yeah, I think auctions here aren't that great anymore either. First of all, there's less of them. Like, actually, literally down the highway that I live on, like when we first moved here in 94, uh, they still had, it was called Teskey's Auction, and they had two of them a year. And you could put anything you wanted in the auction. I mean, I bought a a three-wheeled, like, ATV there once. Uh, The tractor, the John Deere 2130 that's sitting in the barn here, we bought that at the auction. I think my dad paid like three grand for that. I drove it. I'd never driven a tractor before. And my dad put me on it and he said, drive it home. <laughs> so I drove it down the, down the highway. And he said, when you get out to our place, just do, just do loops in the field. And then I'll come get on it. Cause I didn't know how to stop it. I didn't know how to take it out of gear. He literally just threw me on it and I was heading down the highway. It's kind of funny that I actually live right on, like, this is the same house I live in now, but, um, Man, you go there and they got like this. It wasn't like a food truck that we think of now, but just like a grease burger shack. You know, it was a little mobile cooking thing. And I would always call them the grease burgers because they were so delicious. And man, all you'd put on is a little ketchup, a little onion. And oh, man, the memories it brings back. But they don't like that thing shut down probably two, three years after we moved here. Maybe five. I don't know. Um it's funny because even my wife would always would go there often with her grandpa because her grandpa lived just down the road from where we are, literally on the same road, um, like a two-minute car drive. And um, it was funny because there's chances that Steph and I were at that same, like at that auction at the same time, but we just didn't know each other. But, um, and there used to be tons of them. And now, they, I mean, they either just move to online auctions, which are dumb. They're not fun. You know, you go to an auction, if it's like pouring rain, you, your chances are you might get a better deal, right? Because some people are like, ah, I'm not going to wait for this. Or you go to an auction and there's some guy who's like, this is exactly what I want. And that's what you think. And, and then you guys end up, you know, fighting with each other in the auction. It's a lot of fun. Um, oh, yeah, you're looking at it from time. the buyer's perspective. They're looking at it from the seller's perspective. So. Yeah, yeah. If you were the exactly, auction, yeah, they want the same. Yeah. The, um, there's one guy I'm, a well, an, an acquaintance with, he actually is, he's an auctioneer 
and you can go to these auction, like auctioneer competitions. And I think he got second place international. So he was down in, I don't know where, somewhere in the States. And he came in second place. And I, I don't know how they judge him. I don't like, <laughs> but he's funny. He'll get going. He actually, he's side business. Well, his main business is he sells firearms. So he'll bring in, you know, you know, 50 22s and you can call him up and say, Hey, listen, I'd like a 22 for my kid. He's like, yep, these are the ones I got right now. And, um, like he's a licensed firearms dealer or whatever it is, but, um, yeah. And, uh, I've seen him at a couple auctions and stuff. It's so fun. <laughs> Sometimes he, he actually went to a gym that I went to and I was talking to one of my other friends and he came in and he's like, Oh, he's like, I recognize you from somewhere. And I was like, I said, you probably saw him at the auction because that's where it was from. And then he starts talking in his auction voice. It was funny. But yeah, the last one that I went to, there's this trailer. It was just a bumper pull trailer. I think it's like a 16 foot flat deck and heavy, fairly heavy duty. Like it had the big, you know, the big iron, the flat iron welded to the side for heavy ratchet straps and stuff. And um, it ended up going for, it had no reserve. It went for 200 bucks. And it was in nice shape. And for some reason, I was like, I don't need that. But I'm like, dude, I, I could have literally bought it and sold it for three grand. I'm like, why didn't I buy that? It was 200 bucks. And the guy's like, fine, I'll throw you a bid. And he said, starting bid, he's like, what, $200? And they're like, yeah, I'll take it. And he's like, I don't even want it because it's sad to see, see something not sell. And I'm like, oh, man, I should be like, yeah, I could use that. Let, let me take it for 250 Oh, well. Yeah, I sure wish they had the auctions over. They were fun, you know. You, you go there in the morning, scope everything out, and then you kind of figure out, okay, so they'll be at this section at about this time of day. And then you can go into, like, the way they do it here is they got all the stuff out in the field, and then they got these, all the lots inside. And so that's where all, like, the, the hand tools, air compressors, all that stuff will be inside, and then they just kind of cycle that through, bring it up onto a stage. And so you kind of look at when, when the lot, so you kind of got to plan out your day there. It's, it's fun. I loved it. I took my kids to one, and that was the, the last one we went to, and they thought it was the greatest thing ever. Like, this is so cool. You see people like, yep, yep. <laughs> but now everybody does it online. Yeah. I'm, I was watching uh, a video about the uh, equipment auctions down in Florida that are going on last week in Maybe this week, but last week, definitely. And uh, one of the guys that I follow on YouTube, he was talking about, yeah, he bought something, but when he was bidding on it, he made a bid, and he's he can see everybody pretty much in his you know in front of him in his periphery that's bidding on this piece of equipment. You know, this mm -hmm. guy raises his hand, I bid. This guy raises his hand, I bid. Nobody raises his hand, and the auctioneer ghost bids me because he no wants to way. push up the price and I, <sighs> I i looked around i didn't see anybody bidding and it's, i just walked off and, you know and then yeah. uh, uh auctioneer was like you know hit the hammer and called his number yeah and like, really that, that's just that's shady hey it is but you know there are auctioneers like that yeah, I wonder. I mean, they're really good happens. ones too, but there are ones like that. Huh. That's crazy. I never thought about that. Or the worst is when they'll have uh, live auctions, in-person auctions, and then they'll have one guy at a computer that's doing online as well. 
I've yeah. been to some of those <clears throat> and so then they'll just keep updating it and it's like and and that's one thing I wonder too it's like really like like how that it would be a lot easier for them just to say oh no we got this you and you know for them to run up the price because we don't know for sure if somebody's bidding there I guess unless you had it on your phone maybe that's what you'd need to do is get your phone there and keep an keep you know look at that just to make sure indeed somebody is bidding that stuff what they're calling out but yeah. <clears throat> interesting yeah you know and you know, each some states have laws about stuff like that and you know hopefully they all do but yeah it's uh just shady i don't know why people yeah. just can't be honest i know do you ever buy things on eBay? Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. I always think of eBay as a thing of the past. I, I think it's because, like, Steph, um, this was probably, I don't know, 15 years ago. Like, right when eBay was kind of a buzz. And it was like, oh, it's eBay, you know. And maybe it was 20, uh, probably 15, 20 years ago. Not 20 years ago. Steph was selling, like, board games and stuff. Like, old board games we had that apparently were collectible and she was making a lot of money on eBay. And then she would go to garage sales and find, she, she kind of did a little research and figure out, Oh, this is what people are interested in. And she would find these old board games and sell them. Like she'd buy them for like 50 cents at a garage sale and they take pictures of them. On the, yeah. All the pieces are there. And man, she would, she would make a lot of money doing that. And then I think it just kind of got to be too much work because, like, we're constantly going to the post office and shipping stuff. And but, um, yeah, you and, don't do that anymore. No, I sure don't. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny because, um, I don't know. And then there's a certain while when I'd buy bicycle parts on eBay, and it was just because the bicycle parts I wanted you couldn't get them on Amazon and you couldn't get them on any online bike shops, they're like kind of vintage like real real deep down the the bicycle nerd genre good parts you know the company just doesn't make anymore like there's some things that i would love to get that surly used to make that they don't make anymore uh one thing is they call it a dingle cog okay. <laughs> and so <laughs> it sounds way worse than it is no so it's it's basically then they made them uh for fixed gear too so you have a, a cog, like right now I've got a, a single speed, like my Karate Monkey is a single speed. So I have one chain ring and then one cog at the back. Well, what this is, it's a dingle cog. And so it's got two cogs at the back. And then you put two chain rings at the front, which is a very common, right? Like a two by whatever. And then what you can do is you've got a low gear range and a high gear range. So you can just loosen your back wheel, slide your forward, your rear forward, you know, you still have to keep it you pick one or the other you can't cross them because you still want a nice straight chain line and that's how they designed it you could you know take your chain put it onto the bigger set and that's you can cruise on the road and if you got a whole bunch of climbing or if it's super windy you just loosen your wheel it's called a dingle cog and i want one of those they don't make them anymore but uh and and then like online shops they've sold out of them for years but you still see them on ebay every now and then and then it's also just fun to say <laughs> I put a dingle cog on my bike. <laughs> yeah, there's a, a couple things like that. Uh, that they also have a thing called the Surly Fixer, and you can take a free hub, and it makes it into a fixed hub, and it's brilliant. Like you just, 
so you could take any wheel that you have and make it a fixed gear wheel. And that's the biggest pain is that you have to find a track hub with like a fixed gear hub has the normal threading, a right hand thread. So you can thread your, your cog onto your track cog. And then it has a left-handed locking nut and it's a slightly smaller diameter thread. So you put the cog on first and then you put your locking nut and you thread it backwards, but it's such a pain, but they had this fixer and it just totally solved that problem, you know, but they don't make them anymore. No, well, well, <clears throat> you don't have to be surly, but that's right. <laughs> oh man, you know, what's dumb. Our gate doesn't work in this. It's a weather situation thing. And I think I'm finding that there's got to be a conduit that connects because we've got two operators and they have to have this signal wire that goes between the two of them. And it's just two wires and there's a conduit running underneath the driveway. And I think with like the has to do with frost heave or something like that. Cause I'll have it, it'll be working fine. And then I'll go out there and it'll, the, the status light will be blinking and you look up in the little book and it's like, Oh, this is a communication. And so I'll actually run like a wire on the surface and I'll check continuity between them. And Oh yeah, it just turns out this, this wire isn't, it's not conducting anymore. And then luckily they ran like a, an ethernet, like a big patch cord. And so I've got other conductors, but I'm running out of them. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And it'll either lock itself in the closed position so that it just won't open, which sucks, or it just won't close. You know, like today, last night, it just, it didn't close. And I'm like, ugh, it's so frustrating. You know, you don't own anything, it owns you. That's how it works. Oh, yeah. yeah. Love having a gate, but my goodness, I don't like all the work that's... I think the problem is this gate's too heavy. Like, most people put up a gate, they put up, like, you know, thin wall tube or aluminum, right? It, it's basically just to, like, okay, you can't drive through there without being obnoxious somehow. This gate is... This gate, it stopped the car once. <laughs> I told you that story, didn't yeah. I? Oh, yeah. yeah. I think I told it on this podcast, too. But, yeah, guys running from the cops, tried to make a quick turn in, boom, hit the gate, flipped his car. <laughs> the gate was fine. But, man, with, with moving that much weight, he's got, like, it's wheel, it's like a car front hub. Or he bought, like, a heavy-duty trailer hub. And that's basically what supports the weight and goes back and forth. But with that, you need this massive operator. Oh, man. I don't think that thing goes a week or two without faulting and requiring my assistance. And I got to sit out there and figure some way to fix it. You know, many, many, many years ago, I worked at a place that had a enormous gate that blocked off... Uh, access to airplanes mm -hmm. and <clears throat> whoever engineered this thing kind of forgot that particular issue the weight of the gate mm. and you know weather wind whatever you know so the ram that they put on the gate to move it in and out um you know to open the gate as the ram goes in and out was in strong enough 
in perfect conditions. Right. Mm -hmm. yeah. But it never really worked right. And then in, when we needed it open, we needed it open because, you know, emergencies. And uh, it just wouldn't, it became unreliable. It became a problem as far as mission accomplishment. And they're like, put some, in, like the civil engineers on it, and they they came up with some stuff that was like overly complicated. Mm -hmm. Like, well, you know, we need something. I think simple would be better. Yeah, me personally, that's what I think. I have no, you know, I'm just a little, a little guy at that point in my life, uh, as far as my profession goes, and. Mm -hmm. Just happened to say something out loud, and they're like, "What? Yeah, why don't you do X, Y, or Z?" And what I said was, "In back in the ye olde days of um, opening and closing gates, they had a, a some mechanism at the hinge side that assisted opening and closing, but out on the end." You had a wheel with a motor, a big electric motor sitting there um, in a vertical position with a 90-degree um, gearbox right to the wheel. And it, one, the wheel and hub helped support the weight of the gate. Two, it also helped move it. Mm -hmm. it, it provided some traction. And Anyway, you're like, what? I said, yeah, the... Uh, this other place near here has a gate just like it has been there since, I don't know, after, right after World War One. It's still working. Mm -hmm. And they, they looked into that and they eventually didn't go with that idea, but uh, they were amazed by it. Huh. I would have went with that idea. It would have been mm -hmm. cheap and fast and still be probably working. Uh, here we go 30 years later, but uh, what they went with was uh, they changed it from uh, high electric over hydro mm -hmm. to pneumatic. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And the problem with that is the system is not quite as responsive if you're hey the gate hit something limit switch you know resistance mm -hmm. uh the hydraulic one would just boom stop in a oh yeah blink of an eye the air yeah, it wouldn't that, it took the like, air seems 1, like 1001 1000 and then it would stop but that seems like just a stupid idea cuz it like I mean, air is compressible, right? And you can build up pressure. Like if there's resistance to gate closing, mm -hmm. not only is it, you know, going to start hit something, but it's also going to build up pressure until it trips. Whereas, you know, that's the advantage of hydraulics is it's non-compressible. Yeah. That's crazy. That's crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think that's... Huh. And then the when they first installed it, they didn't put uh, <clears throat> the right kind of... Uh, air dryer to that the air 
uh, chores, mm-hmm. and uh, they didn't have. There's a certain kind of desiccant they had they should have used for this particular kind of ram, and uh, mm-hmm. or system, and they didn't. They used what what they bought, and uh, the first time it got below freezing, and it had a little bit of water in the line. No oh dear, poof, you know, poof. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but huh? It's the government spending yeah, your crazy. money. So what do they care? That's right. Yep. <sighs> yeah, we did the uh, we did a, a whole conveyor system at London Drugs, a sortation facility in Richmond, BC, basically Vancouver, and um, we had a lot of pneumatic uh, diverters and. We would raise and lower, uh, like roller bed conveyors. So just simply like packages would come down, and then whether they continued straight or if they went to a lower line. So and it was fun. Like it's we bought this kit. It's like designed. There's companies that make these things like pretty much plug and play for you know packing warehouses and this and that and man just run all this plastic tubing and then it was all just push connectors. Even all the cylinders were just like the push connectors, this, that. And then they had a huge screw compressor and just this massive, this air tank was like the size of a room and uh, plumb everything into there. And it was a lot of fun putting it together. But um, yeah, that's the one thing they had problems with. If there's a jammed box and say the conveyor is trying to go up, it would end up building pressure and pressure, pressure. And <laughs> it took a long time to dial it in because it would just sit there and it just, the air would build up and because... Oh yeah, and then start crushing boxes. But that's fun stuff. Yeah, fun speaking stuff. of eBay, I just sent you a text. Um, but on uh, we weren't able to record last week, and uh, that was our gift to you, folks. Um, <laughs> not not subjecting you to our voices for a whole week, but. Uh, I was in a mood last week. Good Lord. Kind of, oh dear. Kind of probably a good thing we didn't record. But, uh, yeah. And you know, some of the oh, stuff it, I was, you know, worked up about, not angry, just excited <clears throat> to talk about. I don't even remember what it was, but uh, one of the funny. things was that idiotic prince that now lives in the United States. And uh, the other one is right. YouTube and uh, how how it's evolving and I, I, ugh. I yeah. don't know if I like it or not. Like, you know, some channels are all about, they get those, uh, Hey, how to be better at YouTube suggestions from YouTube. Um, yeah. I'm assuming that's where they're getting this crap or they go to those, uh, sympo- those YouTube symposiums, like the one they just had in Texas recently. And they teach you how to be better at YouTube, be more pro, whatever. Mm-hmm. And so you get people that, you know, tell you to like, comment, and subscribe 18 times during the video uh, or do stupid crap on purpose for comment generators. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that kind of stuff. And that, the comment generator thing is funny way too close to the line of annoying. Mm-hmm. It can be funny, depending on the 
who's doing it, how they present it. Yeah, yeah. It could so be done one properly. of the channels I watch, they they are transparent, right, about doing it because your loyal audience, the, the smart people, will know that's just a comment generator for the trolls, and the trolls just don't get it. There's, you know, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and what a channel I watched was talking specifically about comment generators and things they do and something they did in a past video that was just a comment generator and that they were going to mm -hmm. explain it because of one particular viewer slash troll uh, that had gotten to the point where not only did they have to block them on every social media platform, but they've now reported them to the social media platform as well as their local law enforcement. Hmm. That's crazy. Well, the uh, wife came home from work and there was somebody camped out in their yard. <laughs> yeah, that's creepy. Yeah. And I had them escorted off, but... Um, uh -huh. Anyway, you know, they were explaining this comment generator thing. And if you don't understand, right, when mm -hmm. when we do it, we're talking about, you know, that just if you if you get, um, oh, man, that was stupid. I mean, blah, 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 just stop. Yeah, yeah. You still comment by all means, but just just stop for a second and know that we know. We're not that dumb. And yeah. they they were working on a piece of equipment that's used in a business. And they did something that was stupid to generate comments. But in the very next video, it started off kind of with that part behind them where you can see mm -hmm. it. And it was clearly installed correctly. So, yeah. you know, you're saying they go yeah. cut. All right, now, you know. Change those yeah. hydraulic lines so they're right, or whatever it was, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, people. Yeah. Yeah, that's funny. It's like somebody um, that, uh, a mechanic I watch, they uh, very often will torque something using a, one of those old torque wrenches that have the... Uh, oh, yeah, the bar. Just the bar the indicator. Arm. But it's yeah. too small for the job, and it's... Way old, right? It looks like a toy. <laughs> yeah. And they quite yeah. often do that just to, you know, generate comments. <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. You know, like, you I'm know that, running a business here. You think I'm going to not torque it correctly and, you know, uh, yeah, suffer the consequences of litigation? If, yeah. You know, no. Yeah. It's it's funny, like thinking about like when you're always making videos and stuff, like what to put in, what not to put in, and then you kind of get to a point where it's like, you know what? I don't have to show every single thing. I don't have to explain all of this. Like, look at it a, a video on shaping wall handles, and I like I filmed every time I went into the grinding room, and I'm like, this is dumb. Like, first of all, it's boring, right? Like to sit there and watch somebody grind something, it's like 15 minutes of grinding. And then I also went and the one side of the, the handles were pretty big. And so I actually ran them through my bandsaw first and then ground them down. But I was like, I'm not going to show that. Like, who who cares? 
And then I had a few comments. It's like, pro tip, run them through the bandsaw. <laughs> I'm like, yep. I did that, but uh, thanks for your comment. You know, it's, it's so funny because, and I get that. Like, that that's a valid comment. That, that's not snarky or rude or anything like that. You know, if I have a bandsaw, it makes sense to, it's cheaper to cut something off than to abrade it away, you know? But I was like, ah, whatever. I'm just getting the point that I'm trying to true up this block. I don't need to show every little thing. Sure enough, <laughs> but funny, funny, funny. Anyways, I should probably get to work there, Todd. I've got a lot of stuff to do today. It's getting yeah. busier for some reason, but I got to get out of here in, in a half an hour. Head to right uh, on. physical therapy. Oh, right on. It's going good. It's going good. Well, that's good. You'll have some bad days, but. Uh, I'm showing progress. Oh my God, my shoulders were killing me yesterday from the exercises, but it's a good huh. thing. Yeah. Well, that's good. It's good that you're making progress, right? Like, it all helps. Oh, absolutely. You know, uh, losing weight, working on the core, um, trying to get mm -hmm. rid of a dad bod when I'm not a dad. So. Mm hmm. Right on. Cool. Well, thanks, Todd. It was great chatting with you, and thank you to our listeners. And uh, yeah, apologize we missed last week. I will. I woke up there, Todd, and I I was talking like this, like my voice was gone. I think it's because I was getting over a cold, and then I had to do like I do the story time at a one on Thursday nights, and a bunch of kids. You kind of got to be a little loud and make your stories exciting if you want to keep like 40 or 50 kids engaged. So I usually tend to talk very loud during that. And I just woke up and I didn't, I didn't have a voice. I felt fine, but I didn't have a voice, but no, oh well, right on. Well, we'll see y'all all next week. And uh, yeah, thanks for listening. See y'all later. Bye-bye.